Well, one more time, I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we will finish with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We've been in this particular text of Scripture for quite a while now, but there's just a lot of good stuff right there in this particular text of Scripture. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we'll begin with verse 13 again. And so as we take a look at this text of Scripture and we uh, are just reminded of all of the wonderful truths in this text of Scripture, we're reminded of the fact that here it is that the Apostle Paul is trying to comfort the church of Thessalonica as they are concerned about their loved ones who have passed on uh, already and uh, concerned of what, what's going to happen to them. And so uh, the Apostle Paul already, uh, as we looked at this, uh, we, we looked at the resurrection of what's going to take place in the resurrection. And we've already looked at the rapture and what's going to take place uh, during the rapture of the church. Certainly not the fullness of it because there's so much to, uh, uh, to look at there and the, to explore uh, right there. But this morning I want to talk to you about a meeting in the air. Amen. Uh, Brother Doug, Sister Diane, that'd make a good gospel song, wouldn't it? That, that meeting in the air. And so uh, uh, this morning, that's exactly what I want us to talk about is that meeting in the air, uh, very specifically uh, that meeting that is going to take place not just in the air, but in the clouds. Amen. Uh, most of the time when we look at clouds, we don't really like to see clouds. Uh, we want it to be a sunshiny day. And, you know, we look out there today, it's a cloudy day out there. Might have some rain coming a little later on this afternoon and uh, throughout the week. And so we don't like to see the those clouds we want to see the sun but I want you to understand there's going to be a cloudy day when it's going to be a good day amen it's going to be an awesome day in fact it's going to be the best of the best days when we are uh, have that glorious meeting there in the clouds and so it's not just going to be an ordinary cloud it's going to be uh, the clouds of glory and so as we look at that and begin to understand you know here it is in this text of scripture Jesus talked about and John and uh, 1 Thessalonians, rather, uh, chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 13, it says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not perceive those who have fallen asleep. Now those things we've already looked at, we've already looked at those scriptures, but this morning we're going to look specifically at verse 16, and it says, For the Lord... Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, first of all, it says that the Lord himself, the Lord himself, what is he going to do? He's going to descend from heaven. And so as the Lord descends from heaven, we recognize something. We, we recognize something uh, about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus already descended one time out of heaven. Jesus descended and he came down to this earth. In fact, Jesus said some astounding things. Jesus said some astounding things about himself, specifically in the, book, in, in, in the gospel of John that you know some folks didn't really want to hear about. Some folks didn't like hearing about it. Jesus said this in John chapter 3 and verse 13. Uh, Jesus said, No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And so as he's talking about that, he's talking about the ascension into heaven. That hasn't happened yet, but he said that the Son of Man has descended from 
from heaven. Then Jesus, a little later on, he gets a little bit more specific uh, about these truths. He says in John chapter uh, 6 and verse 33, as he begins getting more and more specific about who it is that has descended down from heaven, he said in verse 33, he said, For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to this world. Well, he answers the question of exactly who is the bread of God, verse 38, he says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So he said two things right there. He said, number one, he is the bread of life. Amen. Jesus himself is the bread of life. But then he said, the bread of life is what descended out of heaven. So he's also saying, I am the very one who has descended down out of heaven. Now, after saying all of these things and repeating it several times, and not just not, not just him about it right not just telling some riddles or parables about it I mean just flat out saying I'm the one who has descended out of heaven and I am the one that is the bread of life the Pharisees didn't really like to hear what it was that Jesus was saying and it says there in verse 41 it says that therefore the Jews were grumbling about him because he said I am the bread of life that came down out of heaven and that he was amen absolutely he is the very one that came down out of heaven. Of course, we know how Jesus came out of heaven that very first time he came. And he was born of a virgin. And as he was born of a virgin, born into this world uh, through uh, the miraculous act of God as the Holy Spirit came and overshadowed Mary and she miraculously conceived a child as a virgin and she gave birth to the very Son of God, God who was flesh, God with us and he came down out of heaven and was born into this world. And so when we see that, when we recognize that Jesus has always been God, Jesus will always be God. There's never been a time that Jesus was not God. Jesus was God before he took upon flesh. Jesus was God when he had taken upon flesh. Jesus is still God to this very day. And one of these days, the Word of God says that the Lord himself would descend from heaven. Well, he lived that life here upon uh, this earth, and he lived that perfect life, that perfect life that led him to the cross of Calvary. And as that perfect life led him to the cross of Calvary. He died on the cross of Calvary. He was buried. Three days later he gloriously rose again from that tomb and as he rose from that tomb he stayed with his disciples another 40 days. Then the Bible tells us something else that's very interesting in Acts chapter 1 uh, beginning in verse 9. The Bible says right there, And after he had said these things, he was lifted up, and they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now that's something that's very important that we, under, that, that, that we need to keep in mind, that a cloud received him out of their sight. A cloud received him as he ascended up to be with the Father. A cloud received him, and they could no longer 
see him. Verse 10, it goes on to say, And as they were gazing intently into the sky uh, while they were going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they said to them, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. The exact same way you just saw him leave, that's the exact same way he's going to come back. Amen. That cloud that received him and that you could no longer see him is the exact same way that Jesus is going to come back and Jesus is going to come back after his own. Amen. And so when we look at that, that's interesting text of scripture right here. Jesus had just got through telling them, he said, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you should be my witness in both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even the remotest parts of the earth. And so in other words, Jesus is saying, you know, you're going to be my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses. Amen. It's going to happen when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're going to be my witnesses. And now, right after that saying that he ascended, the clouds then consumed him. They could no longer see him, but they're still kind of gazing up into the sky. Amen. And so as they're still kind of gazing up into the sky, God sent two angels there what their way and said, what are you just standing there looking into the sky for? He's going to come back just like he said he's going to come back. Now get busy doing what you're supposed to be doing. Amen? Get busy about the tasks that you're supposed to be doing. He's coming back. But don't just stand there sky gazing until he comes back. You have work to do. You have a job to do. You have a calling to fulfill each and every one of you. Amen? And so as we look at this text of Scripture, it's interesting that the Word of God says that they could no longer see Him. Here we are today, 2,000 years later, and we recognize the fact that we cannot physically see Jesus. We cannot audibly hear Jesus. No doubt that Jesus wanted to appear, and Jesus did appear, to Saul on that Damascus road, amen, and so he saw him, and it was such a glorious sight that he was blinded. Jesus did appear to the apostle John on that island called Patmos, and he appeared to him in all of his fullness, and all of his glory, and he saw the revealed Christ, he saw the resurrected Christ, and all of his glory, and all of his splendor, to a point to where John fell, as a dead man. So no doubt if Jesus wanted to come stand right here and, and appear before us, he absolutely could. Where's Jesus today? The Bible tells us exactly where Jesus is today. Well, first of all, he's in our hearts. Amen. We're in him and he is in us in the spirit. Where's Jesus today? The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, And when he had made purification of sin, how did he make purification of sin? He did that on the cross. So when he made purification of sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So in other words, when his work here upon this earth was completed, he ascended up into the clouds. He ascended to be with the Father, and now he is on the right hand of the majesty on high. There at the death of Stephen, as Stephen was being stoned to death, Stephen, the very first Christian martyr, was being put to death. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 7 and verse 56, it says, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of 
God. Standing at the right hand of God. That's where Jesus is today. He's at the right hand of the throne of the Father. The Bible says he's there. He's making intercession for the saints. He's making intercession for you and for me. That's where Jesus is today. He is right there at the right hand of the throne of the Father praying for you and praying for me. Now, the amazing thing about Jesus is Jesus is God. And so Jesus is everywhere at all times. Amen? He's everywhere present. So he's right here with us. Jesus said, we're two more gathered in my name. There I'll be also. He's in us and we are in him. Every single one of his born-again children, he is in. But the Bible does clearly tell us that he's also right there, the right hand of the throne of the Father. And so when we look at that text of Scripture, back there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we get back to that text of Scripture back there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and the Word of God tells us right here in verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. The Lord himself is going to come back. You know, time after time, Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to come back. Uh, we find in many other places, we find in the Old Testament prophecy, there's going to be a second coming. But something that we need to understand, something that we need to recognize is this is not going to be the second time that Jesus returns all the way down to the earth. Oh no, where is he going to be? He's going to meet us in the clouds. In fact, we go on to read verse, uh, read verse 17 and it says, And then we who are alive and remain will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. So where are we going to meet Jesus? We're going to meet Him in the clouds. Now there is going to be a day when Jesus is going to come and He's going to come all the way down to the earth. But this isn't that day. This isn't that time. This is when the resurrection is going to take place, the resurrection that we've already talked about. This is when the rapture is going to take place, that rapture that we've already taken, uh, that we've already talked about. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's the rapture. Shall be caught up together with Him. And where are we going to meet Him? We're going to meet Him in the clouds of glory. Now I believe that this is is going to spark off the seven years of tribulation and after that seven years at the end of that seven years then Jesus is going to come all the way back down to the earth and that is going to be his second coming where he's going to descend all the way down to the earth Jesus himself spoke of this in Mark chapter 13 verse 26 and 27 it says then they will see the son of man coming in the clouds with great glory power and glory but so so what's going to happen he's going to come in the clouds but guess what everybody's going to see him amen everybody's going to see him and then he will send forth the angels and they will gather together he will gather together his elect from the four winds from the farthest end of the earth to the farthest end of heaven listen when jesus comes back everybody is going to see him everybody is going to behold him and every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess the fact that he is lord but they're not going to see him the world anyway is not going to see him 
when that resurrection takes place. The world is not going to see him when that rapture takes place because the meeting is going to be in the clouds. Amen? It's going to be in the clouds. And as we're reminded there in Acts chapter 1, the, the clouds overcame him and they could no longer see him. The inhabitants of the world could no longer see him. And so when we recognize that troop, the Lord himself would ascend from heaven. Now is he going to descend from heaven? He's going to descend from heaven with a shout. The word of God says right there in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel. Now some people get themselves in a little bit of trouble because they combine the shout and they combine the voice of an archangel and they combine the two into one, but the two are not one. The two are separate. Who's going to be doing the shouting? The Lord himself will, de will descend from heaven. How? With a shout. Now, as the Lord Himself descends from heaven with a shout, who is it the one that's going to be doing the shout? That is the commander's job. That is, a, that, that is the general's job. That is the king's job to do that shouting, to pro proclaim uh, that that time has come and to give the charge with a shout. Just as the commander gives the charge to his invading armies, he gives that shout, he gives that charge. It's time to go. Let's go receive our own unto, our, unto ourselves and call up that resurrection and call up that rapture, call up the dead in Christ, call up those who are alive and remain and we're going to meet them there in the clouds of glory it's going to be with a shout it's going to be the same shout that Lazarus heard as Lazarus heard that shout in John chapter 11 and verse 43 where the shout of Jesus simply said Lazarus come forth Lazarus come forth and now Jesus is going to give a command we don't know exactly what he's going to say we don't know exactly how he's going to say it and state it but he's going to give a shout and that shout is going to cause all of the dead to rise again that shout is going to cause all of those who are alive and remain to be caught up together with them to meet them in the clouds of glory amen that's the shout of the commander. That's the shout of the one who's in charge. That's not the shout of the archangel. Now we find the voice of the archangel, and as we look at the voice of an archangel, you know, according to Jewish tradition, there's seven archangels, but we only ever find one archangel mentioned anywhere in the Bible, and that is in Jude verse 9. There's only one chapter in the book of Jude, so that's in Jude verse 9, and that is Michael the archangel, and so there, that's the only place that we find Michael the archangel and any other archangel anywhere within Scripture, and so there he's battling over the body of Moses, battling against Satan himself, and so even Michael the archangel doesn't have the authority over Satan and the power over Satan so what does he say? Lord rebuke you so he himself calling upon Jesus he himself calling upon the Lord amen because he doesn't have the power to do anything on his own so who's going to do the shouting? Jesus is going to give the command Jesus is going to give the order 
Now, what exactly is the voice of an archangel? It's one of those things that's like, uh, you know, we could debate all day long about what Jesus wrote in the, wrote in the sand when, the, when they brought the woman who was called in adultery up to him. We don't know. You know why we don't know? Because the Bible doesn't tell us. Amen? And so we could debate about it, we could theorize about it, and you know, I've heard whole sermons on what Jesus wrote in the sand. Well, the fact is, the Bible doesn't tell us what Jesus wrote in the sand, so we don't know. Amen? The same thing here, we don't know what the voice of an archangel is going to be. It could be a word of praise. Amen? It, it, it could be a word that he's speaking to the other angels. He's the archangel. He's the angel in charge, but he's not the commander. Jesus is the commander. We just simply don't know. But what we do know is there's going to be a trumpet. Amen? There's going to be a trumpet that's going to blast. Again, in verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump, uh, the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first going to be such a mighty shout that the dead in Christ are going to rise first. That's what's going to cause the dead in Christ to rise first. But immediately preceding that, it kind of almost in unison, it's going to be the voice of the archangel and there's going to be the trumpet of God. So ask yourself the question, what in the world is the trumpet of God all about was what is the trumpet of God now you know when we look in the Bible trumpets were used all the time in the Bible the Old Testament trumpets were constantly being used trumpets were very prominent uh, within Old Testament especially within Old Testament worship we, we, we constantly see trumpets being used they were uh, used to start feasts to start festivals they were used to start celebrations Great big celebration, they were used in praise and worship. Uh, they were used of, of, of a warning of, of, of oncoming armies. They were, they were used as that particular warning. They were also used uh, to, to march on the war. They were used in Revelation chapter 7. We find that there's uh, going to be, uh, in, in the book of Revelation rather, we find that there's going to be seven trumpets. Seven trumpets that are going to be blown and at the, after each one of those trumpets are going to be blown in revelation uh, the judgment of god is going to fall down upon the earth but this trumpet blast is not going to be one of those seven trumpets what is this particular trumpet blast going to be this particular trumpet blast is going to be the calling together of god's children amen just like when the olden days, when they had that dinner bell, they'd ring that dinner bell. Everybody out there working in the fields, they'd come on in. Oh, it's time to come home now. Dinner's ready. It's time to lay down the plow. It's time to put up the ox. It's time to come out of the fields. It's time to get ourselves cleaned up. We hear that dinner bell. Amen. That dinner bell's ringing, dinner's ready. It doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what you do. You lay down the work for the day and you go on home. That trumpet is going to be the dinner bell. 
It's time for the gathering of God's children. It's time for the gathering of the saints. It's time for that home going. It's time for that meeting in the air. It's time for that meeting in the great clouds of glory. Exodus chapter 19, we find something very interesting. In Exodus chapter 19, we find in verse 16, it says, There they are, that they've, they've, they've gathered at the foot of Mount Sinai. And if they've, as they've gathered out at the foot of Mount Sinai, they've, they, they've already heard from God, and now they're about to hear from God some more. And in chapter 19, verse 16, it says, So it came about on the third day, when it was morning, that there were thunder and lightning and flashing, uh, flashes and a thick cloud. There's that cloud again. And a thick cloud upon the mountain and a very loud trumpet sound. So that all of the people who were in the camp trembled. Moses brought the people out to the camp to meet with God. They stood at the foot of the mountain. There it was, it was at the mount of at the foot of Mount Sinai, and as they were there at the mount of the foot of Mount Sinai, what was at the top of that mountain? There was a very thick cloud. Well, God was up there, but they couldn't see him. They couldn't handle seeing him. Moses wanted to see it. Moses wanted to see him all in all of his glory, but he couldn't handle seeing him even just a glimpse of god radically transformed moses there he was hiding his very presence in the cloud but yet calling his children to himself there it was at the sound of the thunder and even at the sound of the trumpet that they all Trembled, but there it was that Moses called them all, all of the children of God to the foot of the mountain. God has something to say. God has something that we need to hear. God is gathering His children into assembly. It's time to come now and be assembled as God's children and take heed and pay attention. Now when do they come when the trumpet blew. Amen? When the trumpet blew. Now they couldn't see what was going on up there in the cloud uh, at that time. And even we as Christians, here we are, we're down here upon the earth. We can't gaze into heaven right now. We, we can't see what's going on up there in the glories. We can't see what's taking place up there in the throne room. No, that cloud has veiled it to where we can't see. Even the disciples of Jesus, as they gazed upon Jesus and that cloud consumed him, and he went on past that cloud, they could no longer see him. Oh, but praise God, there's going to come a day 
When all of the saints of God, all of the redeemed of God, every single born-again believer in Jesus Christ, those who have died and are in the graves, the dead in Christ, and those who are alive and remain, are either they're going to be resurrected and they're going to transcend past that cloud, or they're going to be raptured up and they're going to transcend past that cloud. They're going to be able to get past that cloud and to see Jesus in all of His glory and all of his splendor. Then Jesus is going to take them. They're not returning back down to the earth. No, as we've already talked about, they're going to the Father's house. Now those who have died today, again, let me make this clear for those of you who weren't here when I talked about it upon that day. Today, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. Again, Jesus told that thief on the cross, Today you will be with me in paradise. Today. And that's where the dead in Christ are today. But they're absent from the body. And when that resurrection takes place, they're going to be transformed. They're going to be changed in a twinkling of an eye. They're going to be given brand new bodies. Praise God for that. <laughs> Amen. Brand new bodies. Those who are alive and remain, they're going to be given brand new bodies. Resurrected bodies that will never die. Never get disease or pain or age. God had intended in the Garden of Eden. Going to be transformed. Made new. Ascend past that cloud to where our faith will become our sight. See the glories and the splendors of Jesus. Oh, what's heaven like? It's like Jesus. <laughs> oh, what's heaven look like? It looks like Jesus. What's heaven going to sound like? It's going to sound like Jesus. Where are we going to get our light from? We're going to get our light from Jesus. No need for the sun, the moon, or the stars. No, Jesus is going to illuminate everything. Everything's going to be crystal clear. Because we'll be able to see Jesus. I'm one into heaven to the other. It's all about Jesus. So the reality is if it's all about it's going to be all about Jesus then shouldn't it be all about Jesus today? Amen. I hear Christians all the time, well what about me? What about you? Didn't you die to you and come alive to Jesus when you got saved? It's not about you. Doesn't mean God doesn't love you, God doesn't want to bless you, and God doesn't want and won't be there for you because He will, because He does love you. Friends, life is about Jesus. It's 
One of these days when he calls us home and we get to transcend past that cloud, the very first one that we're going to see, it's not going to be about the angels. It's not going to be about the streets of gold. It's not going to be about the gate of pearl. It's not going to be about the walls of jasper. It's not going to be about that mansion. It's going to be all about Jesus. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. We're going to get called up together to meet him see him with our very own eyes. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Isn't that a glorious thing? And there we shall be with the Lord, how long? Forever! Forever! Never separated again. That's for those who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's who are, for those who are born again. Bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Who put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. So I ask you today, do you know Jesus? If you're to die right now, and they put your body in the grave, would you be in that number? For the dead in Christ shall rise first. If the rapture were to blow right, it was to take place right now, if the shout was to take place right now, and the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God was to blow right now, would you be in that number where those who are alive and remain should be called up together to meet him? Now this is serious business, friends. You need to know that you know that you know beyond any shadow of a doubt. And if you don't know, today we want to give you an opportunity to come to know. And starting next week, we're going to get into chapter 5, and in chapter 5, we're going to start talking about the day of the Lord, and we're going to start talking about all of those things. But if you're here today, and you know that you know that you know that you're a Christian, all of this study on the end times, all of this study about the second coming of Jesus Christ, all of this for those who know that they're truly born again believers in Jesus Christ, it's not, friend, for the point of stargazing and just looking up into the heavens just waiting for Jesus to come because Jesus, God sent two angels to, to the disciples there upon that day of Jesus' ascension and, and basically said, why are you still standing around? You've got work to do. Jesus just told you what you need to be doing. You need to be his witnesses. Now get busy about the task that he's called you to. Amen? Get busy. We have so many opportunities right here inside of this building of being witness, witnesses uh, through Awana, through, through Sunday school on Wednesday nights. We have so many opportunities, and we have unlimited opportunities out there. Heaven's gates and hell's flames coming up in November. Friends, the way folks are going to come in is when we invite them. 
How we get folks here, you know, growing a church and getting bigger crowds on Sunday morning. It's not all that complicated. We've got to invite folks. Amen? And pray for. Encourage them. Get them here on Sunday. We had a packed class in there in Sunday school this morning. It was an awesome thing to see. Let's outgrow it. Amen? And it's not for the purpose of saying, oh, wow, look how many people we have. For the purpose of seeing souls saved, coming into the kingdom of God. Amen? That's what it's all about. Right now, as praise team makes their way forward and this time of invitation as everybody stands again. Do you know this morning, do you know that you're saved? Do you genuinely know? If not, would you come down here and say, Brother Russ, I don't even know what to do or say. Just come tell me I need Jesus. Amen? I'll lead you through the rest of that. You just come as God so leads. There's lost people that God's placed upon your heart. Maybe you're not even really sure if they're lost, but you know, they're not where they ought to be. Maybe it's family members. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's next door neighbors. Maybe it's co-workers, regardless of who it is. Would you start right now with praying for them? Pray for them. Pray for the functions of our church, the ministries of our church. Pray for things that are taking place right now, things that are going to take place. Pray for and invite folks, encourage them to be here. Amen. This altar's open. You come as God so leads. Have thy